Amen. I just like that jumping music. I tell you, I like to jump and shout and praise the Lord. Amen. The Lord said, what? Give a joyous shout unto the Lord. With the voice of triumph. Amen. No matter what you're facing, just say, God, you're great. Amen. You're going to do great things in our lives. Praise the Lord. So scripture reading today is going to be by the one and only Lupe Montes. She's going to come up and tell us what thus saith the Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Pastor. Uh, good morning, saints. The scripture reading today is found in Habakkuk 2.4. Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the righteous shall live by his faith. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Praise the Lord, yeah. It's short and simple, but there's a lot there, so let's welcome... Minister Terry McFadden-Solomon, to tell us what's in that scripture. Amen. Amen. Good morning to the band, the worship team. God bless you. You guys were awesome, awesome, awesome. And that flute player, oh my goodness. And Ron just, I don't know what you did to those keyboards, but you're just getting gooder and gooder. That's all I can say. Bless the people, darling. Bless the people. Amen. 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 And to uh, Leanne and her family, uh, we are praying for you. Uh, we are mourning with you in your loss, okay? And I pray that, uh, that the Lord would be gentle and kind to your mother and just wrap her in his arms and comfort her and the entire family, okay? We are sorry for your loss. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> well, there's a scripture uh, in the house, Habakkuk. Uh, I was talking to Pastor Chuck earlier about the theme for today, and he said, we want to talk about faith this month, okay? Um, here's, here's the thing about faith. I would be remiss and, and if I did not uh, mention the situation in Ukraine, okay? Um, it's shocking. It's uh, painful, and, and I would say that probably most of us here may not have family in Ukraine, uh, but they are our brothers and sisters yes. in humanity. And we feel for them. We weep for them. Um, because but for the grace of God, what? There go I. So we weep for them. And we pray for God's mercy upon the people of Ukraine. And I want you to understand, even though Russia has invaded Ukraine, there are many Russian people who weep for Ukraine. They have family in Ukraine. They are not happy with what is happening uh, uh, under the leadership of their current person. Uh, but I want to say this. For you who are believers, and for you who are the student of God's word, um, you can't be fully surprised. I was reading Matthew, the 24th chapter, and some of you may want to look at it when you get home. 
But uh, I was watching the news and reading. I'm watching the news and reading. And I was watching where they actually bombed the maternity hospital. Did anybody see that? And they, the camera actually showed the babies that were destroyed. Matthew 24 says, Woe unto the pregnant woman when the war comes. And pray that their flight is not in winter. When is it happening? Winter. In winter. Okay. Um, we hear about in Daniel and Ezekiel talks about Gog and Magog. And I, I mean, just start reading the prophetic writings concerning this day and how Russia, who represents, and most, most theologians believe that, that Gog and Magog represent the Russian uh, Empire. We don't know, but we know that, there, that Jesus said from his own mouth there would be wars and rumors of wars. Amen? There would be famine, there would be disease. And I know that uh, it, it is not uh, happy, happy yet. I'm, I'm going to get to happy, okay? <laughs> but I'm just telling you the world that we're living in. So when I come home from work, I used to just... Love to watch world news. I had to get home by 6.30 so I could watch. Now I watch Mayberry RFD, okay? <laughs> I, I, I want to see what Barney Fife is doing, okay? The Andy Griffin show. I just stop watching. It's just too depressing, okay? And I stopped drinking alcohol years ago, and I don't want to start again. So I just watch Andy, okay? Hallelujah. <laughs> um, but... In the book of Habakkuk, Habakkuk sees Judah, which is the southern kingdom of Israel. Israel's north, Judah to the south. And they are just, the, the whole nation is just falling apart. And whenever, you, whenever I say something that you can connect to, just somebody in the back say amen or raise your hand or something. The whole nation seems to be falling apart. Amen. Okay. And Habakkuk, who is the prophet of Judah, goes to the Lord, and they begin to have dialogues. And Habakkuk will ask God two questions, and God will respond to him with two answers. They are prophetic answers. Well, how does God talk back to us, okay? Um, well, if you know him at all, you will begin to know his voice and hear his voice, voice and hopefully respond to his voice, okay? If he tells you, don't get on the freeway right here, just take the streets. Have you ever had those kind of impressions? Okay, and you know it's who talking to you? Okay, because you have relationship with him, okay? So, so Habakkuk has a prophetic relationship with God. And he says to God um, something like, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't want to take time to read all of this. I'm paraphrasing, but Habakkuk says in the first chapter, this is his first complaint to God. He comes to God in complaint. And he says, how long, O oh Lord, uh, must I call for help? But you're not listening. You're not doing anything about what's going on. Violence is everywhere. I cry, but you do not come. You don't save Wherever I look, I see destruction, I see violence. The wicked outnumber the righteous. Justice has become perverted. Can I get a? Amen. So you, you do know that what he said back then is kind of like yes. the, what we're praying now. God, what's happening to our country? 
What's happening to the world? We don't know what's happening. Here's God's response. <laughs> response one, Habakkuk, one, five and six. He says, hey, dude, check this out. I am raising up the Babylonians. They are cruel and violent people, and they will march across the world and, con and conquer many lands. That's his response to Habakkuk's cry for help. God, help us. Oh, I'm going to help you. I'm going to raise up the, child, the, the Babylonians, and they're going to conquer lands. So naturally, he has a second question. He has a second complaint. He says, what? What, chapter 1, 12 and 13? I hope you're tracking with me in the book of Habakkuk if you can find it. It's a tricky little book. It's hidden, tucked away between the Old Testament and New Testament, the minor prophets, but it's there, okay? If you can find it, say hallelujah. So he says, hey, I'm going to raise up the Babylonians. They are a cruel people, and they are begin to, going to begin to conquer the lands. And, 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 and Habakkuk, God, wait a minute. Did you misunderstand? I asked for help. And your response is that you are going to raise up the Babylonians? They are worse than we've ever been. We've never been as bad as the Babylonians. So how, how, I, I don't understand what you're saying. Help me out here. And his second, God's response is, is this. He says, he says listen. Well, oh, Habakkuk, I want to give you the, his second complaint. I'm going to read it to you, 1, 12, 13. He says, oh, Lord God, oh, holy one, you are eternal. He starts praising him first. Surely do you do not plan to wipe us out? Oh, God, my rock, my Lord, you sent these Babylonians to correct us and to punish us for our sins? What's going on here? God, what are you doing? Has God ever done something so weird that you say, wait a minute, whoa, that must be the devil. That can't be God. God, what are you doing? This does not make any sense. And Babylon and, and Habakkuk is complaining, and he's God's second reply. And so after he complains and he talks about how bad the Babylonians, the Babylonians are and, and how, can you, how can they help to correct uh, Judah's sin, God, what are you doing? And God comes back with this response. He said, behold the proud. His soul is upright in him. He said, you know, these people are proud. They are arrogant. They think they can do what they want to do, and nobody's going to stop them. Amen. Does anybody know what he's talking about here? Look at these proud, these proud, arrogant leaders who think that they can do what they want to do. Like, I'm not God. Amen. Just look at them. And then he says this, but the righteous shall live by faith. Is that what he said? Is that what he said? That's not what he said. He said, the righteous shall live by his faith. So if you ain't got no faith, okay, you got a problem. Okay. So he's saying, he's saying I, I, I heard one, uh, one commentator say about the uh, Ukrainian people, and, and, and I, 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 it, felt, it felt really prophetic to me. But this commentator was saying, you know, if something should happen, some natural disaster, there's certain things that you need to be prepared. Get some of those little health bars that you can tuck down into your clothes. You know those little, you know what they call their old 
those little nutrition, yeah. Get some nutrition bars that give you energy. And, and I was listening, it was like so weird. And he says, and make sure that you have a bottle of water, but don't drink it all because you might not be able to go to the bathroom. Just take a few sips to keep your system full. And then he said something else I thought was really weird. I was telling Charles, he says, and make sure you have some adult pampers because you don't know when you're gonna be able to go to the bathroom. That, that makes sense, doesn't it? And I was listening, okay? And I said, you know, I think I'll just put some stuff in my house, you know, because, you know, earthquakes, you know, you never know, you know, where you're going to land. And, uh, but, but the point is that Habakkuk was saying the just are going to be lived by his faith, meaning that you, and I'm bringing this up because you have to be prepared. You have to be um, uh, uh in tune to the prophetic, to watch the signs of the time and be prepared. Let me give you another practical example. Practical example. Gas prices have gone up to how much a gallon? Huh? Okay, and this, this Sunday. We don't know what it's going to be next Sunday, right? Okay? But right now, we're like around, hovering around $6 a gallon, right? Okay. And seven, somebody in the back said seven. Okay, seven dollars a gallon. Okay, getting up to that. So the truckers are saying that now it's costing them almost a thousand dollars to fill up a truck to make a long run. What does that do to the cost of food? Okay, be aware of the signs of the times. What did Charles and I do? Tell them, baby, right? We went and stocked up on all dry goods while they're still at a price that you can afford and while they're still available. That's what the just will do because they are in tune to the signs of the time. Look at somebody and say, get in tune to the signs of the time. Did you get that? Can I get a... I want, you, I want to say this again. Get in tune... To the signs of the time. Don't be caught. Now, one thing we eat a lot of is Ritz crackers. I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you. Okay? And oatmeal. Okay? We're in, the, we're, a oatmeal, we're in the oatmeal season of our life. You know, old people like to wake up in the morning, eat a bowl of oatmeal. So how many containers of oatmeal do you think I bought? It's not going to perish. Okay? So I bought, while they're still, three or four dollars, you know, because a lot of things that I used to get, I don't even see them anymore. Can I get a? Amen. Oh, you, you're just saying that. It's not true. You're, you're finding everything okay, right? Right? You're finding it. You're not having any problems with prices or anything like that. You're not having that problem, are you? Oh, I ain't get an amen on that. Okay? You see, when I was, when I was younger, my, my, my mother had one of those deep freezers that you could hide a body in if you wanted to. Anybody remember those? Okay? You know, I've got a feeling they're getting ready to come back in style. Okay? You know. But I'm telling you, while the prices are manageable, you faith people who are acknowledging the signs of the time, just do the little things. Okay, the little things are going to matter. Uh, I'm going to give you another one, and I, I'm, I'm just feeling this by the Spirit right now. Always keep some cash in your house. 
Who's to say that your ATM card is going to work if something happens? Okay? So we keep a petty cash in the house, okay? Small bills, not large bills. So that if you have to, am I, am I, am I helping anybody right now? Am I? Just let me know if I'm helping you, okay? You want to keep some petty cash. You want to have, I mean, it's nice to have your money in the bank, but what's going to happen if, okay, something happens suddenly? Because when stuff happens, how does it happen? Suddenly. You know, you go to bed one night. And wake up the next morning, and it has hit. Okay? So I know that it's going to be a sacrifice for some of you, but even when you come in and you have change in your pocket, put it in a, put it in a jar. Okay? If you got an extra $2, put it, either put it in a jar or give it to the poor. Why did, what does that have to do with anything? Okay? Because I always believe when I get to the poor, God is going to remember me. Okay? <laughs> in my time of need. Okay? So I put one in the jar and give one dollar to the poor. Okay? Okay. So I'm just giving you some things that, that, uh, that are going to happen. He says, look, those arrogant, proud people, they think, hey, nothing's going to happen to me. Everything's going to be fine. You know, uh, you know, I'm in control of this, and I'm in control of that. They're just so arrogant. He said, but the just shall live by faith. The just or the righteous, the, on this, this it says, the righteous shall live by faith. So who are the righteous? Are they the people who go to church every Sunday? Are the people who uh, are pastors? Does that make them righteous? Do they sing in the choir? Are they righteous? Do they teach Sunday school? Are they righteous? You know, And a lot of us, Come on, we confuse religious practices with righteousness. And you can be religious and not be righteous. And that's one of the big problems in the church. Not this church, hallelujah, praise God. But we see it all the time. This is, this is, this is Pastor Henry. And if you just send me $5, I'm going to send you a little piece of paper, and, you, and you're going to have $100. I'm going to send you a little tube of oil, and your headaches are going to go away. That's religious, right? But it's not, it's not righteous. Anybody would know. And the point is, I can't believe the people actually send money to those people. But they do it. You know they do it. Okay? They are religious, but they are not righteous. Okay, so what is righteous? We got it on the board? What does it mean to be righteous? Okay? Hallelujah. Four characteristics of what it means to be righteous. Number one, to be righteous is to believe God. Romans. Four and three. Write these down. You're going to need them down the road somewhere. Get your pen, your paper out, because you know your brain is kind of short these days. So you got a lot on your mind. So you need to write the scriptures down. So when you say, oh, that was a good word, Sunday, what'd they say? I don't remember, but it was good. <laughs> write it down. You won't regret it. Abraham believed God, and it was credit to him as righteousness. First of all, do you believe God? Do you believe his word? Do you believe that what he says is true? Do you believe in his promises? Do you believe in his justice? Do you believe that you cannot cover your sins and prosper? Believe God, number one. Number two, 
Y'all got that written down? Okay. So what's number one? To believe God. And what does it mean to believe God? It's to, it is to Abraham, say it with me. So what is righteousness? Believe in God. Hallelujah. Y'all are good students. Number two, characteristics of the righteous. Honesty. Proverbs 13, 5. The righteous hate what is false, but the wicked make themselves a stench and bring shame to themselves. When you see all this crazy stuff going on, the righteous, you, you're going to, righteous people, I'm going to straight out, let's, we're all adults in here. Righteous people do not have, do not watch pornography. Amen. I ain't getting no amen. They don't because it's ungodly. It's unclean, okay? Righteous people um, are particular about what they watch on television. When every other word is uh, beep, 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 beep. And sometimes it'll catch you, it'll catch you on where, you know, the little program will start out all nice and everything. And you'll be watching an effort, and, you know, and a few minutes later, they are blaspheming God. Turn that off. What, how, how did we go from Mary had a little lamb to, you know? But the righteous saying, hey, I can't take that into my spirit. I'm not going to sit here in my living room and let somebody blaspheme God. I'm not going to do it. Okay? So we, ha- we have some things that we don't do, some places that we don't go, some folks that we don't hang out with. Okay? It doesn't make us, it's, it's, it's not what makes you, what do you say, holier than thou. You don't want to go around like you're better than everybody else, okay? Because you don't, you know, drink or get high or vape, okay? You're not, but the point is, I just don't do that. I, if, the, if it's your thing, hey, you know, it's your thing. You don't want to go around and say, well, I can't understand, you know, you're dating him last week and now you're dating her and now, you, you know, you're over here doing this. You just need to get your life together. No, just pray. Just pray because your life should be the kind of example that they would want to follow, not by your mouth, but by your life. I'm going to say that again. We're going to say it together. Not by your mouth, but by your life. Okay? We don't go around condemning people and all that kind of stuff, but we choose a lifestyle that we can invite Jesus Christ into. Okay, that he can be with us wherever we're going, whatever we're doing, that we will be comfortable if Jesus was right there next to us. Okay, take it from there. Okay, all right. Uh, Number three, be honest. And number three, be generous. Proverbs 27 and 9. I just said the righteous care about justice for the poor, but the wicked have no such concern. That's why we have all these billionaires now. You know why we have billionaires? Because it used to be that they would give the middle-class workers the kind of package, the kind of benefits and whatnot, that they would be glad to be. You, you, the, everything now is contract employee. You don't get no benefits. 
You don't get no health. You buy your own health insurance. You don't have no retirement and no time off. That's a thing of the past. Why? So that the rich can get richer. Okay? But I remember hearing the documentary of uh, Henry Ford, and Henry Ford, they were saying all the other companies were complaining because they were saying, Henry, why are you paying them so much money? You, you can't pay them $5 an hour, which was a lot back then. He said, if I don't pay them that, who's going to buy my cars? Okay? So Henry Ford was one of the first to just raise the, uh, min the wage of his workers so that they could afford to be middle class, so that they could recycle the money back to his product, okay? But now, all of a sudden, we have this whole thing about billionaires and multimillionaires, but yet the middle class can hardly afford to buy a house. Their children are living in apartments because it used to be that when kids got to a certain age, they got a job, they could buy a house. They can't do it now, okay? Because, hey, all they can do is rent from billionaires, yeah. right? But the point is that, can I have a Kleenex, please? Oh, I think I have one. That's okay. I think I have one somewhere. Thank you. But the point is, excuse me, that it is important to tithe and it's important to remember the poor. And... If you have someone in your family and you know they need your support, and I know the people, some of my friends, they get kind of sick of me because we have one friend that has cancer. I said, look, why don't we all get together each month and take some of our offering, not our tithes, but our offering, and, instead of, and, and, and just put it in her cash app account so she can pay for her chemo, she can pay the deductible, okay? Remember people and start with the people that are closest to you. You know, you don't want to go way out there and then, you know, you've got a sister or a brother. And I know they get on your nerves, you know, and it seems like they're always going from one jam to the next, you know. But we still have to take care of them because they, because they are the poor in spirit, okay? And they are messed up. We know we ain't going to help them buy drugs, okay, uh, or alcohol, but we are going to help them. We're going to help the poor. Okay? Amen. Amen. All right. And uh, so be generous. And number four, this is the most important one next to, next to believing God. Be teachable. Proverbs 9, 9. Teach the righteous and they will learn even more. And I have, like, been in situations where you try to teach people the word of God. Well, I don't believe that God still does that. Okay? This is like 2022, and that was way back then, okay? And I don't believe, you know, and he keeps telling us he's the same yesterday, today, okay? I'm a God, I change not, okay? He, his word doesn't change. So, you know, when they try to tell you, you know, about, what is it, buy, buy, buy something where they're not ace one sex or another, Huh, what is it? Not, not bisexual. It's a new term. Huh? Yeah, non-binary. That's a new word. Okay, is that in the Bible anywhere? I didn't think so. Okay. That's where you choose not to be a sex. You know, or your little kid likes to play with fire trucks instead of dolls. So, you know, at 10 years old, you're going to have a sex change operation. That's not in the Bible. 
So I know that there are certain popular thinking about things, and I know in our own families, okay? We have to deal with this. So we're not talking about out there. We're talking about in here. Do we stop loving them? Do we reject them? But we know what the word of God says, and you have to stand or you can't change what God is saying. You have to be, once God teaches you something, you know that this is a biblical principle, and you can turn to the chapter and verse. Well, God, well, God loves everybody. You know, I say, yeah, he loves the pedophile, the person who preys on children. He loves them too, but he don't like what they're doing. Okay, and that's the difference. So we have an idea of what it means to be righteous without being arrogant. Do we have an idea of what it means to be righteous, to practice godly living, to believe God, to believe, be teachable? Do we have an idea without becoming like, oh, I'm better than him, I'm better than her? Because, see, let me tell you, it wasn't too long ago that I can look back and say, and that's why, you know, I can talk to people that are doing crazy stuff. Because it wasn't that long ago. Why? Can I get a? Amen. Okay. You know. You know where you were before God found you. You know where he found you. And you know how he found you. So don't get the big head and say, Lord, look how they're living. You know? Just keep being the example of righteousness. And do it with humility. Because I have seen people walk with God for 10 years and go back to getting high. End up back in rehab. So every day, you are righteous by grace. You are hanging in there by grace. So don't ever get to the place where you think that you're right. He said, all of your righteousness is like filthy rags. You are made righteous by the blood of Jesus, by his mercy and by his grace. And the reason why you shouldn't go back to getting high and pouring around or whatever you were doing is because God took the taste out of your mouth and because it did you so bad and messed up your life so bad, you don't never want to see those days again. There's some stuff I do. I don't never want to see that again. I don't even like to think about what I used to do. But I know y'all don't have, y'all not, I know you guys are righteous. You know, you don't know. It says the righteous shall live by faith. That's what Habakkuk, that's what he told Habakkuk. He said, tell the righteous, don't worry, I want to go back a little bit. Don't worry about it. Because Psalms 34, 17, when, he, when Habakkuk says the righteous shall live by faith, 34, 17 says this. When stuff goes down, when it all hits the fan, when it all parts apart, when suddenly happens in your life, 34.17 says, the righteous will cry out, and the Lord hears them, and he will deliver them from all their troubles. He said, oh, you got to, you got to do the righteous thing. He said, because when you cry out, and God knows your name, and, you, and he's like, hey, Lord, it's me. You, you know, don't you remember? I, you know I go to the, uh, Newhart. You remember? I sit right on the second. You know, what? No, I talk to him so much that I know that when I say, Lord, help me, he knows my name. Yeah. And I know his name. Yeah. And when I call on him, it says, when the righteous cry out, the Lord will hear them. 
He will not only hear them, but he's going to deliver you. So I don't care what goes down. I don't care how proud the prices, the gas gets. I don't care who shot John. I don't care what war. Somehow, I'm going to survive it. I'm going to live. He says, I'm going to live. Come on, say it. I'm going to live. I am going to live no matter what happened. God promised me that I am going to survive, that I'm going to be all right because he will hear my cry because he hears the cry of the righteous. So if the government falls, if the economy falls, if I look, God will help me. He will help me. So how many of you lost your job but you never missed a meal? Look at that. Never missed a meal. But you ask God, help me through this. Get me to the other side of this. Help me, Lord. Okay, that's enough. That's right. Hallelujah. Okay, what, what about faith? How do I how do what is faith and how do we acquire faith? Because he says, if I'm gonna live by this, and you ought to know what it is, right? You need to know how faith works. Romans 10:17 says. Then so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the first thing you need to do, if you've got lost family members, family members that are in trouble, they're depressed, they're upset and whatnot, get them to Bible study. They don't want to get, take them, say, you know, I need to take a ride with me Wednesday night. Where are we going? Oh, we're going, we're going to go shopping and then we're going to make another little stop. Okay? You ain't lie. You know? Take them by 7-Eleven and then bring them to church. Okay? You didn't lie. Okay? Get them to the Word. Get them to the Word. Get them to the Word. My husband sends out. How many, how many people do you send the Word to every day now? How many? 82 people. You get it, don't you, Pastor Chad? 82 people, and they send it to other people. So it ain't no matter. I don't, there's no telling how many people. He just sends them a daily word. He just asks God for scripture. He sends them word every day. The word. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the word of God. Amen? But faith comes by hearing the testimony of others. Okay? Of what God is doing in someone else's life. Hebrew 11 one says, now faith that the confidence is confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. Hmm. Faith is having confidence in something that we hope for, but we cannot see it. Now I'm going to qualify this. We cannot, it has not manifested in the natural realm. That's what faith is. Something that God, that you want God to do, you're asking God to do, and he shows it to you. That's the hope. God begins to show it to you, but it hasn't manifested. So what it looks like, God will drop a rope down and say, now hold on to this rope. Because at the other end on the, of the rope is the thing that you hoped for. Okay? And so have you ever seen a balloon floating around in the sky? And the string is going up and down? And everybody's watching me. They don't know what I'm looking at, but... I'm, Come on. Come on. And then I get it. And I hold on to it. And I said, what is she doing? They think you're out of your mind for believing God. But you hold on to it. And you struggle with that thing, 
And you bleed that thing and you keep pulling it and pulling it and pulling it and hoping and wishing and struggling. And, and the devil's telling you, let it go. It's not going to happen. Let it go. You're not strong enough to hold on to this thing. It's not going to happen. And you say, I'm holding on. God said, if I hold on, if I don't give up, if I keep hoping, if I keep believing, if I keep, it's going to happen. And then when it manifests, you say, this is what I was talking about. This is what I saw. They told my daughter, you're never going to have a child. And she went and bought a little baby dress and hung it in her closet. And every day she would look at that dress and say, God, you promised. And they told her, said, no, you need to have a hysterectomy. And a friend of hers dropped out of the hospital and said, you know what? I know what the doctors are saying, but you need to believe God. She said, but I'm not even married. And I'm 30 years old. It's not going to happen. I'm not going to have kids of my own. And the visitor told her, says, just keep believing God. She married that visitor two years later, and he's the father of her child. Okay? Because she refused to let go of the thing that she hoped for. And that's what faith is. It's believing in something that you cannot see, but you hold on to it. You know, I mean, it's like sometimes I just feel, you know, you're going to in an airplane and, the, you know, the pilot says, fasten your seatbelt, we're going over some, t- you know, we're having a storm and, you know, and this bummer. I said, ain't nothing going to happen to this plane because I'm on it. <laughs> I know God ain't going to let me be in no plane crash. That's how I feel about it. That's, that's my elevated faith. And there are times when you're going to need elevated faith. Say elevated faith. When you believe stuff that, you know, like, you know, say, I'm not even going to say it out loud because they're going to think I'm crazy, okay? But it's okay to have to elevate your faith. Amen? Amen. So, okay. Now, it says faith comes by hearing, okay? Faith requires obedience. 11, 16, I'm almost done. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive, where he would later receive his inheritance, he did what? He obeyed, and he went, though he did not know where he was going. Faith gets blind sometimes. You just have to obey God, you know, even though you don't know where he's taking you, even you don't know how this is going to turn out. But obey God. If God tells you something, sometimes you don't go tell somebody else because, girl, you're crazy. You know, you're just getting loony in your head, you know. No, I'm just, I'm going to obey what I know God is saying to me, okay? He said he's, and well where, well, where are you going? What's going to happen? I don't know. I'm just going to obey God, amen? So it takes obedience. Faith requires trust, 11, 11. So by faith, Sarah, who was past childbearing age, wasn't able to bear a child because she considered him faithful. You got to know that God is faithful. He's not going to leave you. But you've got to trust him. Faith requires the next one. Faith requires courage. No, you've got to have courage to keep believing God when the whole world is falling apart around you. By faith, Noah, when he was when he, when warned about things not yet seen, God is showing you stuff. You better listen. You better watch. Holy fear. In holy fear, he built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness 
that is in keeping with faith. Sometimes you gotta say, you know what? If the whole world is going left, let them go. You wanna go to hell? Okay, that's your choice. I can't stop you. If that's where that's the lifestyle you want, yeah. It says Noah condemned it. He tried to tell him, if you guys don't get on board, you, you you're gonna be lost. You're gonna be destroyed. You know, and he wasn't afraid to do it. Okay, sometimes you got to put holy fear in, in the folks around you and your kids. Say, you know what? You want to go to heaven with mama? Or, you know, or should I cry now because you, you don't want to go? You ain't going? Because you will go to hell, you know. People are afraid of that word. You know, they don't like the word, word to hell. But people are going every day, okay? I mean, you can hardly get a reservation these days. You know, it's hard. Faith requires courage. Finally, faith requires repentance. Hebrews 11.31, it says, By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. Was not killed with those who were disobedient. She was not killed with those who were disobedient. She was a prostitute, but she was willing to repent by faith. Ephesians 2, 8, 2 and 8 says, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. A lot of you, the enemy will let you think, well, you know, I did this or I did that. I know God is not going to forgive me. I was a prostitute. I sold drugs. I killed somebody. I did this. I did that. I mean, just pick your sin. We're all guilty of something. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory. But Rahab, by faith, said, I know that I've done wrong, but I'm ready to get my life right. I'm ready to get on track with God. I want his righteousness. And God honored her. And when all the other sinners were destroyed, he saved Rahab because she was willing to repent by faith. How many of you, you repented, but you don't believe by faith that God has forgiven you? That's a big one. It's a very big one. I've seen people all the time. They've said, you know, what's going with you? Well, you don't know what I did. Is it bigger than Calvary? Is something that the cross doesn't cover? Is there some sin that I don't know about? You don't understand. I had three abortions. I did this. I did that. I mistreated, cheated on my wife. You know, I did this. I did that. But God says, if you confess your sins, I'm talking to somebody right now. He says, I'm faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And your job is to believe by faith that you are forgiven. God is not holding anything against you. He's not mad at you. I'm telling you, I went through years of torment because even though I was saved, I didn't believe that I was forgiven. And I kept punishing myself, finding ways to punish myself. Because I didn't want, I just couldn't understand how God could forgive me for what I did. 
I'm serious. I'm not talking about jaywalking. I'm talking about deep stuff that could never be reversed. God, I can't change my past. I can't change what happened. God, how can you forgive me for being so stupid, for being so selfish, for being so blind, for being so evil? And he told me, whatever you did, I died for you. And all you need to do is believe by faith that you are forgiven. There's somebody here, you've been carrying a load for a long time. A load. And you just, by faith, you just are not sure that you're forgiven. Oh, yeah, you go to church, you know, and you said the sinner's prayer and whatnot, but that big thing that I did, am I really forgiven? If that's you, raise your hand, because it's me. I finally forgave God. I finally believe that God forgave me. I see your hand. Anybody else? So I just, yeah, 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 I, I see your hand. I see your hand. Yeah, I see your hand. I see your hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, we know the tormentor comes to torment us about our past. But by faith, Lord, we surrender our guilt and shame to you and ask you, Lord God, to cleanse us of all unrighteousness with your blood and Lord God to help us to accept that forgiveness. Your word says in Romans there is now no condemnation and to those who are in Christ Jesus. So we thank you Lord that we are not condemned but we are justified by faith. Lord as these difficult times cover the earth right now it may not be at our front door but we don't know when or how it's coming Father I pray that you would use this time to build us up in our faith to cause us to walk in righteousness just as Abraham said Abraham believed God and it was accounted in him as righteousness It goes on to say that Abraham did not waver in unbelief concerning the promises of God, but he was fully persuaded that what God promised, he was able to perform, and it was accounted unto him as righteousness. Help us, Lord, I pray. Become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that we may be a righteous seed, that our children may be righteous after us and our children's children may walk in that righteousness and in that faith. And even in the worst of times, you will protect us. You will hear our cry. You will deliver us and help us and save us. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.